So this week, we're in Matthew chapter 6. And for all of the elementary kids who are taking notes, do the girls want to win or the boys want to win this year? The boys. <laughs> if you don't know, you're just visiting here. Uh, the elementary kids come and they're part of the service through the, through the summer. They take notes. And at the end, uh, either the girls or the boys win and they have a big party. Oh, yeah. They, I know they had a, uh, those Smurf guns out there. I don't know, whatever it was. Uh, Smurf guns, surf guns, whatever. Uh, they had a great time. And the girls had lots of food. <laughs> so, okay, kids. Uh, just to help you a little bit, my name's Pastor Doug. You can put that up there. And uh, I'm going to talk to you today about how to give. Okay? How to give. That's easy. Well, it isn't quite so easy. We're going to talk about giving today. And the passage that you can put down is our basic passage. We're starting off uh, in the Sermon on the Mount is Matthew chapter 6, the first four verses. Matthew 6, the first four verses. And it goes like this. And I'm going to be reading from the New Living Translation. I think all my verses this morning will be from the New Living. Um, just a little bit easier to understand. Uh, for some who are just learning about things uh, of the Lord, it's a translation that is in modern English. Um, and this is Matthew 6, 1 to 4. Watch out! Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others for you will lose the reward from your father in heaven when you give to someone in need don't do as the hypocrites do blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity I tell you the truth they've received all the reward they will ever get but when you give to someone in need don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing give your gifts to a in private, and your Father who sees everything will reward you. Now, Jesus flipped everything because the people in the, on the side of the mountain listening to him had, had been following the religious leaders, and the religious leaders had a whole thing established about giving. They liked to give out in public so that everybody would see how much they were giving, and they would like to, uh, uh, to show off that they were so generous. You ever see Mr. Bean go to the, uh, the market? Uh, he's going to buy things, and uh, he goes into the store. I like the part where he takes the toothbrush out, tries it, puts it back in the package, and takes another one. I don't know if you've seen that one, but when he goes to pay, he takes out his credit card, and he's so proud that he has his credit card. <laughs> he just, everybody to see that he had a credit card. Well, that was, that was what was going on in the days of Jesus' time. The... Rich people were so proud on what they were giving, and they would give it in public, and uh, all the things they were doing for charity. It reminds me a little bit of some politicians, but, uh, you know, they, they, this is what we're doing for you, and this is where we're helping. And Jesus flips it right around, and he says, when you give, there's some things about giving that you need to know. So we're going to talk about other things about giving as well as be careful if you're giving. What, what's your reason for giving, okay? Jesus was teaching them right there that what's behind your giving is more important than what we give. The reason that we give. Why do you give? Why do you help somebody in need? Why do you give here at church? Why? Our attitude is more important 
What's your attitude towards giving? I'm going to touch on a bunch of things today uh, about giving, and, and some of you are going to say, hey, and some of you are going to say, oh, ah, that hurts. But let's talk about it, about what is your reason for giving? The question is, what do we love? What do you really love? What do you really love and you want to hang on to? See, I think Jesus taught giving was to be with open hands, not so much this, the same as forgiving was to be with open heart. Loving was to be with open heart. Uh, your yes and no was to be with honesty. Jesus taught all of these things. When he came to giving, what do we really love? Really, you're, what you're giving really shows what you love. What you won't give maybe shows what you love also. You know, the religious leaders in Jesus' day, they loved being recognized as giving and out in, they liked that recognition. Whether they gave a lot or not, but they liked to give it out in public. What do we love? Do you love your things? The other day on the news, uh, and there was an interview with a, a lady who had lost her house uh, in the, the flooding down in the Ottawa area. And uh, she said, my house was my whole life. And as I heard her say that, I felt sorry that she lost her house, but I felt sorrier because her whole life was wrapped up in a house. What's your life wrapped up in? Hey, hey, right on. <laughs> You'll never lose them. Oh, yeah, you can lose your house, you can lose your money, you can lose all of that. But, hey, great. But if you love your money, and you're hanging on to it, you know, <clears throat> the story of the, I don't know if this was, was Jack Benny, I think it was. Some of you might know who Jack Benny was when they, the thief came and he said, your money or your life? And he said, I'm thinking about it. <laughs> um, do we love our time? We can't help somebody because my time is my time and I, 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 I want my time for myself and I have to have my own and, and I really can't go and give of my time and my energy. Am I open to giving? Am I open to giving? Do we love our importance? I'm, I have to give so that people will know who I am. What do you love? In Matthew chapter 18, 19, uh, the rich young ruler came to Jesus and asked what he needed to do. And uh, here's what he said in Matthew 19. Jesus said, do this and this and this. And, then, and, and the young ruler said, I've obeyed all these commandments, he replied. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell all your possessions and give the money to the poor, and you'll have treasure in heaven, then come follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad, for he had many possessions. He had to decide, was he going to love Jesus more than he was going to love his stuff? And sometimes it's real subtle. We don't realize how much we love the things. I mentioned a couple Sundays ago about our house being robbed a number of times in Central America, and it wasn't easy to let go of stuff. And it's just stuff. 
I think back to uh, this week they announced, I think it was this week or last week, they announced that they're not going to make any more Volkswagen Bugs. That was my first car. How many of you had a Volkswagen Beetle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> they were great. But I thought about it. I love that little car. But do you know where it is today? <laughs> a 1964 Volkswagen Beetle? It's probably been made into a beer can or something by now. Uh, you know, who knows? You get a hold of some of this stuff and you say, hey, yeah, I got to hang on to it. No, no. What about all this hanging on to stuff? Hmm. What are we willing to give away? So I'm going to give you some thoughts about giving. What are we willing to give away? In Malachi chapter 3, and I know you say, oh, yeah, the pastors always go to Malachi 3, uh, but I'm going there. Uh, Malachi chapter 3, look at what it says. Uh, Should people cheat God? Oh, they say, yet you've cheated me. But you ask, what do you mean? When did we ever cheat you, God? You cheated me of the tithes and offerings due me. You're under a curse for your whole nation has been cheating me. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food for my a food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Now I want to explain. Malachi was a prophet in the Old Testament. He was prophesying to the children of Israel because every time they got selfish and just got their own stuff, they had problems, huge problems. And they began to follow idols and all kinds of things. And some of their idols, I think, was, was the stuff that they had. Sometimes we can make the stuff we have into an idol. And you're not saying, oh, yeah, I don't have a, a Buddha in my house or anything like that. But uh, you can have many things that become idols. But he says, listen, listen. If you'll be open to me, I'll be open to you. And every time, if you'll read in the Old Testament, you'll read every time the Israelites became very generous and began to give and restore and build up the temple and fix the things around them that had fallen apart, there was blessings that just began to come in left and right and left and right, and they got blessed. So let's talk about getting blessed. Would you like to get blessed? <laughs> Well, then you better start giving. <laughs> okay, uh, let, let me explain a little bit more. It says, how, sh how should you give? Well, I see two things mentioned in this passage in, in, in uh, Malachi. There's one is tithes and offerings. Now, I want, I want, I want you to recognize this. When you get your paycheck, hopefully you get a paycheck... When you get your paycheck, do you realize that money really represents your life? Sure, you went to work for 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 80 hours uh, last week, and they gave you this money for it, and this represents your life. A lot of times we get our paycheck and say, this is mine, this is mine. <laughs> no, just a minute. This represents your life, and you said, you've said to the Lord, Lord, I give you my life. Okay, there's your life. Right there. Those dollars are your life. That represents your life. And what are you doing with it? 
What are you willing to do with your life? So I see two things here. I see a giving of my life in a systematic way. Systematically giving. The tithe was a tenth. And I don't know, uh, I won't get into dogmatically saying that you must give a tenth. Uh, it's a really good place to start. But it was a systematic giving that right off the top, amount was set aside and was given. A systematic giving is mentioned when you talk about tithes. And so, do you give systematically? You know, others don't need to know. Jesus was teaching here that others don't need to know what you give. But you need to keep track of what you give. Say, oh, I'm very generous. I give a lot away. <laughs> do you keep track of it? Do you know? Do you have a systematic way of giving? Um, when I was a young teenager, my, my parents taught me, you give out of your allowance, you give a, a, a tithe. Well, it was hard to figure when I only got 25 cents, but, uh, you know, when you got 50 cents, well, then I could give a nickel. Okay, I've got a... Uh, if they gave me a dollar, I, I could give 10 cents. Uh, uh, and so one Sunday, my a family, that uh, friends of ours, was staying at our house. And before we went to church that morning, my friend's dad gives him a silver dollar and gives me a silver dollar. Oh, that was nice of him. So I thought, okay, he gave me a silver dollar to put in the offering today. So we go to church, and I put my silver dollar in the offering. Afterwards... My friend says, you didn't need to give that. That was for you. <laughs> I just thought he'd given it, his dad had given it to me to put in the offering. Well, I tell you, I didn't tithe for years. <laughs> I, <laughs> well, months anyway. <laughs> I'd given, I'd given that dollar, even if it was by accident. <laughs> I'd put that whole silver dollar in the offering. Wow. You know, that's the way some people are. They don't give systematically. They're a little bit more um, <clears throat> pay-for-view type of people. If they come to church, they're viewing, they reach in and they pay something. <laughs> no, the, the scripture teaches us we need to give systematic. We need to lay it out and say, hey, I'm going, to, I'm going to be honest and off the top of this paycheck, which represents my life, I am going to give this amount. I've practiced it since I was a child, and it works. The blessings come, the blessings come. I don't have time to tell you all the blessings, the way the Lord has blessed me. And uh, I've lived through some pretty uh, uh, days when things were pretty lax and, and there's days when come, lots comes in. But you've got to be faithful in it. It really, the Lord wants to know if you're faithful or not. So it isn't so much how much you give. It's really in your attitude of giving. Lord, here's my life. I, I, I want to give it back to you. Uh, and so who do you give it to? Where do you give it to? Well, the tithe that talks about bringing into the storehouse, I think you should, uh, you should give where you're getting fed, okay? It really doesn't work to go and pick up all your groceries at Superstore and go over to Safeway and pay at Safeway. They, they don't like that for some reason. Uh, so if you're getting fed here at Hillcrest, you should give your tithe here. I think you should, be, you should pour it into the kingdom right here. That's what I do. Uh, this, is where I, this is where I get my spiritual food and my covering and everything. It should give it. And so we need 
There's a lot of people out there asking for money. But we're going to talk about offerings. That's a whole different thing. I think you should bring the tithe in and give it. Now, if you want to give 15%, you want to give 5%, whatever it is, set it aside and say, this is going to the Lord. And do it right off the top. Because if you wait, there isn't anything left at the bottom. Now, we're going to talk about offerings. You talked about tithes and offerings. What are your offerings? Do you give offerings? Like I said, it wasn't so much about uh, how much you need to give. It's your attitude in it. What am I giving here? Who should I give an offering to? You know, there's lots of voices out there. Everybody's asking. Everybody's asking for this and this. Good causes. Uh, you can give to this cause and this cause and this cause. And even when you go and buy your groceries, they ask you if you want to give a dollar towards this or a dollar towards that or this and that. And everybody's asking. Everybody's asking. How do I know how much I'm supposed to give away as, a, as an offering and give it off to somebody? What should I do? Who should I give it to? Here's where hearing God is so important. If you haven't studied hearing God, we'll have the hearing God in, in, the, uh, in the new year, I think we do it, isn't it? When we do hearing God? In January. You need to learn to listen to the Lord. A lot of you, I know, already do listen to the Lord and are very generous. But you need to pray about it. Who should I give? Lord, you know, the Lord just kind of drops in. You need to give to this person. You need to help that person. That person's in need. Listen to the Lord. If you're not listening to the Lord, you're going to be thinking about what I have to pay and what I have to uh, do. And No, listen to the Lord. I'm going to tell you a story about what happened to me. Um, my wife and I, Oh, I've got a wonderful wife. <laughs> My wife and I celebrated 48 years of marriage last Wednesday. <laughs> 48 years, wow. I was reminded, I was reminded um, because the, yesterday they celebrated the men landing on the moon 50 years ago. How many remember that? Oh, a third of you. <laughs> the rest of you weren't born 50 years ago, right? It was really something. But I'll tell you, a couple days before, something more important to me happened a couple days before that. I was at Kettleston Camp. I was sitting in the, in the auditorium there, waiting for the service to start. And the choir, the camp choir came in. And I'm looking at the camp choir, and I know everybody. There are people I've been in Bible college with. I had just graduated from Bible college, and, and uh, people that I know, and young people I knew, except for this one stunning blonde. And I said, who is that? And they said, that's Donna Elmwood. Two years later to the day, I married her. <laughs> it was a fantastic step for man. Right on. Yes, yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you that story to tell you a little bit about the wonderfulness that the Lord had put into our hearts as far as giving. Um, when it comes to offerings, who should we give to? Over the years, when there's a need comes up, my wife and I would, one of us would say, you know, we should give to this. And the other one would say, yeah, that's good. And then we'd usually say, well, how much do, should we give? And a lot of times it was, we were right on the dollar for dollar what we should give. Sometimes she was more generous than I was. 
<laughs> I have to admit that. And I'd, I'd say, oh, okay. <laughs> and, but it was, it was praying and listening to the voice of the Lord. Lord, how much should we give? What should we do here? He wants to tell you that. You shouldn't go around feeling guilty that you can't give to everybody. You need to hear the voice of the Lord and give to the ones the Lord wants you to give to. And that might not just be giving for things that are mentioned in church. This could be help your neighbor, help someone uh, that, that you know there and you say, I need to give to them. So there was a big project at our, our head office of the apostolic churches where they wanted to raise a million dollars towards church planting. And uh, so my wife and I talked about it, prayed about it. We, we gave a, an offering towards church planting. This was above tithes and everything. This just, here's the offering. And then later on, I was praying. And I really felt that we should give some more. I really felt we should give $1,000. And I, uh, I said to my wife, you know, I think we should give more to that project. And to my surprise, she said, no, I don't think so. We already gave to that. Now, I could have been a husband, like I know there are none here who said, who cares what you say? I'm going to give a thousand anyway. There's none, no husbands like that, right? You know what I had to do? I said, Lord, this is interesting because we've always been on the same page. This is really strange. I'll tell you what, Lord, if this is really from you, you need to give me a thousand dollars and I'll give it. <laughs> How often does somebody hand you a thousand dollars? But you know, a few weeks later, someone from this congregation shook my hand and left a check in there. And I, I put it in my pocket. I thought, here's a thousand dollars. I got home, there was a thousand dollars which I took and I sent off towards that project. Now, I don't think I'm going to get any credit in heaven for that because I just took it from here and gave it to there. But that person who gave it to me had heard the Lord tell them to give me that money. See, that's how the Lord does it. He wants to use you. He wants to bless you. I didn't tell that person for years. I didn't tell them what had happened and when I did tell them we both cried because they had heard from the Lord and I had heard from the Lord and that's exciting that's fantastic instead of looking at what am I going to do with my money how am I going to use this like this it's opening your heart and saying Lord what should I do with this we need to give generously look at what it says in Romans chapter 12 and verse 8 Romans chapter 12 and verse 8. If your gift to encourage is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If you've given the leadership ability, take responsibility, the, the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Generosity. Well, you say, well, that's a person who has the gift of generosity, uh, a gift of giving. Well, all of us, I think, need to learn to be generous. As we are generous... And open up, joyfully give, the Lord can bless us. If we're stingy, 
You get stingy with the Lord. He knows how to tighten things down real, real. I, I've experienced it a couple times in my life. And I got a little stingy and I should have opened up and said, and things just tightened up a little bit. Not so much maybe in my financial in, but my hearing from him and walking in harmony with him because he's asked me something. And I've kind of said, oh, I don't know if I can do that or not. Hmm. We're going to go to a story in 2 Corinthians. Uh, and this is a story Paul is writing to the church in Corinth. In Corinth was in Greece, okay? It was not far from Athens. The, it, was, it was down on the point of the on the Mediterranean, and up above where it was Macedonia was above, still is above that, and then Jerusalem was way down over here in Israel. So Paul is writing to the church in Corinth because the church in, and the people in Jerusalem and in Israel had been going through a, a, a famine. There had been a hardship there in there, and Paul was asking the churches in Macedonia and the church in Corinth to give an offering to help the believers down in Jerusalem. And so that's the background. Uh, and here uh, in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1, it says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, that God in his kindness has done through the churches of Macedonia. He's writing to these churches down here, but he was telling them what, the, what had done in these churches that were north of them. He said, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed to rich generosity. <laughs> now, just a minute. It says they're very poor, but they were filled with abundant joy and it's overflowed to rich generosity. Were they too poor to give? Sometimes we think we're too poor to give. Sometimes that's because we've wasted our money on other things. In Guatemala, I was helping on a Monday. I, used to, I would help on a Monday uh, after the service in our church there. And at that time, our church, uh, that main church had six or 700 people in it. And so we would, on the Monday, we would do up the offerings and I was, I, would go, I was going through and I, I came across an envelope and there was a 50 cent bill in it. In those days they had a bill in Guatemala, it was 50 cents. And then another, the next week I saw it again. Same lady. And so I asked one of the pastors, I said, who's this lady? Oh, he said, that's so-and-so. She's that, you know, lady, this little old lady over there. And, and, uh, and I said, She's putting 50 cents in each week. Oh, yeah. He said, you know, she came to me, and she needed a, a loan. She wanted to borrow some money because she had this problem. And I talked to her, and, and, and I told her, well, listen, tell you what. We'll, we'll, we'll give you an offering and help you, but you need to start tithing. This lady was poor. I mean, 50 cents, that means she was living on five bucks a, a, a week. She was poor. I would have never told her that. How can she give when she's barely got enough to, to, to buy some tortillas? And, and I mean, how can you do that? Well, 
I wasn't involved in, in that part of it for a, a while. I don't know how many months it was, but later on, uh, one Sunday, one Monday, they called me. We need help in here. Come help us. So I'm in there. We were going through the envelopes, and I pulled her envelope up. I forget what was in there, the 20 or something like that. And I said, hey, what happened here? Oh, the pastor said, you know, when she started tithing, her husband who had banded her 25 years ago and went to the States started sending her money. And then her son showed up and bought her a house. And <laughs> all these things are happening to this lady. And I thought, oh, man, if she'd come talk to me, I would, I would never have told her she had to start giving like that. And I would have stolen from her a fantastic blessing, not just the blessing of being faithful and giving faithfully like that and, and getting, but the, the, the blessing of the Lord want to bless her in, in incredible ways. And these people here, they were the same situation. They were very poor, but they were also filled with abundant joy, which overflowed in rich generosity. They became very generous. Too poor to give? I don't think you are. I don't know anybody in Canada who's too poor to give, really. We can all give. Let's give systematically and let's give generosity with, with generosity in our hearts. I know you folks are very generous, but I'm encouraging you with this. Let's read on. Uh, verse 3. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more. And they did it of their own free will. This is why I, I want to just stop and mention this. If you're, you feel you have to give because somebody is putting pressure on you that you have to give, back off. If they gave of their own free will. The Holy Spirit stirred them up and they said, we got a gift to this. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gift for the believers in Jerusalem. Now, people can get up and make a presentation. I'm I have to say to y'all, thank you so much. We got new tables not too long ago, and my fingers are so much, my hands are so much better now that I don't have to roll those round tables and get slivers in them. Thank you for your blessings. I hope nobody gave all that. Oh, I feel like I have to. No, I hope you gave because, hey, we need new tables. Hey, Lord, I got this money. I'll give. I hope that's the way it went. Okay? Thank you. Uh, those tables bless me every time I move them now. But look at what it says here. In verse 5, they even did more than we had hoped for their first action was to give themselves to the Lord and to us just as God wanted them to do. The first thing was they gave of themselves. Giving of yourself means giving of your time and energy. Here, Lord, I'm here. I want to serve you. It also means giving that from that paycheck that you, that was yourself, that represents your life, Giving, giving of yourself. In my first pastorate, there was uh, a couple who the, the, the lady really had a burden for uh, a neighbor. Uh, these three little girls lived not far away from them. And she invited them to come to Sunday school. And the mother said, okay. But you know, there was a problem when her and her husband picked them up to bring them to Sunday school, the husband said after the first time, I can't do that anymore. Those girls stink. I can't, I can't, I can't stand. He wanted to bring them, but I can't stand to have them in my car. I'll be honest with you. I went and visited that house 
And even though since then I've been in many, many homes in Central America, very, very poor shacks and everything, I was never in a house that smelled so bad as that house. Terrible. And this is right here in, in Saskatchewan. I don't know what it was, but those girls stunk. But instead of just saying, hey, we, we can't take you to Sunday school, that lady would get up early on a, a Sunday morning She'd get the girls, they'd walk over to her house. She would bathe them and she bought clothes for them, dressed them, and brought them to Sunday school. And they were so excited. Sunday was the best day of the world. They got a bath, they got new clothes to put on, and they got to go to Sunday school. She gave of herself. She cared. I know maybe in this day and all of the weird stuff that goes on, that wouldn't happen, but this was 50 years ago. And, and, and this lady poured into those girls... Didn't just say, well, there's a problem here. They stink so bad, we can't take them anywhere. But she gave of herself to bless others. You know, there's maybe someone around you that you need to bless. You need to help. That you need to care for. And verse 6 says, So we have urged Titus, who encouraged your giving in the first place, to return to you, encourage you to finish this ministry. See, they had started getting, they got all excited. The people in Corinth had got all excited about giving and they'd raised some money, but then they fell off and they they weren't faithful. They didn't give systematically. They they, they just kind of had it set aside. And he said, you need, I, I want you to be stirred up since you excelled in many ways in your faithful in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and, you lo- and your love from us, I want you to excel also in this gracious act of giving. I want you to become a giver. I want you guys to give. I'm not commanding you to do this, he says, but I'm testing how genuine your love is by comparing it to the eagerness of the other churches there. I'm, I'm, he says, I'm... I'm checking out your love. Do you love your stuff and love your money and love all that way more than you love me? I'm just checking that out, he says. What do you really love? And then he gives us, or he gave to them the example of how they should love and how they should give. Look at this. The example of how you should give. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. You can't give? Look at what Jesus gave you. You know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ? Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that his poverty could make you rich. If he hadn't given up all of the glories of heaven to come to earth because he loved you, and to suffer and die on the cross. He gave, he went right down to the poorest of poor, the most horrendous death you could ever imagine. Back at Christmas time, I spoke to you about his death, and it has impacted me as I studied about that. What he gave up, he gave everything for you, and you can't give anything back. That's what he's saying here. Hey, guys. Your example is Christ and what he gave. Here's my advice, verse 10. It would be good for you to finish what you started a year ago. Last year, you were the first who wanted to give, and you were the first to begin doing it. Now you should finish what you started. Let the eagerness you showed at the beginning be matched by 
uh, now by your giving, give in proportion to what you have. Whatever you give is acceptable if you give it eagerly and give according to what you have, not what you don't have. Well, I'm going to start giving when I get out of debt. Oh, you probably won't give. I will give. When I win the lottery, I'm going to give. You know, I'm really going to bless everybody when I win the lottery. I don't buy lottery tickets. Uh, never have. In, in Central America, there were always people on the street trying to sell it to me. And I'd say, what would I do with all that money? They looked at me as if, this guy's out of his mind. But you know, it isn't so much, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of cheap when it comes to throwing money away. And you know, uh, they say that the lottery is a tax on those who failed math. Right? If you can't figure out what your chance of winning is, <laughs> it's pretty poor. But you know, for me, I don't buy lottery tickets because I'm afraid I might win. What? What would I do with $100 million <laughs> or $10 million or $5 million? What would I do? I'd probably go off and just forget about the Lord and just go off and do everything I wanted to do or whatever. Uh, it's a dangerous thing. And the scary part is the spirit behind the lottery is not the spirit of, of, of the Lord. Uh, you find out that uh, most people who win great amounts like that end up just ruined. Their families fall apart because so-and-so wouldn't give to so-and-so and this and that. And everything. It's terrible. You need money. You give and trust the Lord to give back to you. He'll do it. He will, honestly. Give in a portion of what you have. Don't give in what you don't have and say, well, I can't do it. I got to win. I got to do this. Um, let's just go down uh, to chapter 9 now. That was in chapter 8. We're going to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 5. So Paul is mentioning about the same thing. He said, so I, I, I thought I should send these brothers ahead of me to make sure the gift you promised is ready. But I want it to be a willing gift, not one given grudgingly. A willing gift. Here, I will give. I will give. This is, what can I do? How can I give willingly? Not one given grudgingly. Remember this. A farmer plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. And don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. <laughs> oh, Lord. I, I, I just gotta, I gotta bless. I gotta give. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Have you ever got given and just got so joyful out of it? Or did you give afterwards and think, ah, oh, I wonder if they're going to use that the way I think they should use that money. <laughs> give with an open hand. I mentioned my friend, I think it was a couple weeks ago, who, who laughed and scoffed at a certain couple going off to missions, and then the Lord said, and you're going to give them $2,000 to go do it. <laughs> you go, okay, Lord. <laughs> you know, open hand. Let the Holy Spirit speak into your and Give. Give of your life. Give of what you have. God loves a person who gives cheerfully. Giving from the heart, not from duty. 
Have you, have you realized that? Giving from your heart, not from duty, not being stingy. There was a little lady in, when I was a, a young person growing up, there was a little lady in our church, and uh, she knew how to pinch a nickel until the buffalo died, I think, on there. You know, just, she, she <laughs> uh, and she had money. She owned a number of houses in town. She came to our church, and whenever we had a potluck, she would bring one little thing and take home <laughs> whatever was left over from everybody else's. Uh, we kind of smiled at her. One day, my mom was going into the bank, and she was coming out of the bank, and she had a little bag filled with nickels, and she said, I got my offerings. <laughs> I think she felt if she divided it all up into nickels, it would go further. And the Lord will get blessed more. <laughs> Don't get stingy. Give generously. Give and bless others. This life is very short. Don't hang on to a bunch of junk. Give of yourself and your time. I was mentioning that Volkswagen that I had. You know what my first ministry was? Sunday morning, getting up driving down to the poor section of town and picking up a family and driving them to church, taking them home afterwards. I still do that sometimes, take some people home after church. Uh, just giving of ourselves. And those little Volkswagen, a family of seven, uh, and myself, eight, uh, it was pretty full. <laughs> we just stuffed the little kids in. And that was, that was just, that's, that was the beginning of my ministry was going and picking up kids. I noticed in the bulletin, we need somebody to bring a family from the South Hill. Who wants to hear and be generous and do that? Uh, open up your heart and, and give to it. I'm going to finish with this. Philippians chapter 4. Paul is writing to the, Philippine, the, the Philippian church and he's thanking them for their gifts. And, and he tells a little bit ab about them. Uh, and four and verse 10. Now I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing and on everything. Oh, have you learned that? Have you learned to just adjust to whatever happens to be there and live in it. You know, the Lord blessed us. Oh, man, when I, had, when I had three teenagers in my house, he blessed us with a nice big house. <laughs> it was a blessing. That house had four bedrooms and five bathrooms. Wow. And then the finances kind of got tight, and we moved into a little house that you had to go outside to change your mind. Or you had to go outside to let sunlight in because it was so tiny. Um, you know, are you willing to adjust? Or do I have to always go up? Do I always have to get bigger and better and newer and all the best? Or am I willing? Paul said, I learned. He said, I learned. I learned how to live with lots and how to live with little. It isn't the lots and the little. It's what are you wanting to do in my life right now, Lord? Look at what he says here. Um, 
I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Hey, Lord, I can do what you want me to do. I can give. I don't have to have. I don't need to get that new thing. I can do it. Give me strength. And then he can give you strength. You can get all the stuff. You can get this and that and the other thing. But he's the one who gives me strength. And verse 14, even so, you've done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, the Philippians uh, were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first uh, brought you the good news and then traveled on to Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me uh, help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. I want you to be blessed, he says. Now, if you're new here and you're visiting us and you have no, as Pastor uh, Kurt talked about, you're new to Christianity and all the rest of it, and you think all the preachers ever talk about is money. No, we don't. We, we do very, uh, very seldom do we talk about money. But if, if you happen to f be here on this Sunday and you're saying, oh, that's all they talk about money. No, really, we don't need money. You don't need to give so that Pastor Steve gets a salary. You don't need to give to keep this building open. You need to give because the Lord wants you to give and you to be blessed for your kindness. <laughs> he wants to bless you. It isn't, oh, I've got to do this or else. No, the Lord has many, many ways of blessing and blessing you. Many, many ways. He can bless you. He can provide everything you need. But you have to be willing to open your heart to it. Going on, reading on, at the moment I have, have all I need. And more, he says. Right now, he said, I got everything in. I'm generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice uh, that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. I stopped there because many times we've repeated this over. My God shall supply all your needs according to riches and glory. And we, we forget that he was writing to people who had given. And they had been generous. And as they gave, they got blessed. And then the Lord says, I will supply your needs. I didn't know if I was going to tell this story or not, but my aunt served, served the Lord for many, many years. She traveled as an evangelist and uh, served him, lived with whatever came in. And uh, a few years ago, she, someone started calling her about... Um, wanting to know information about her. And uh, my brother says, Auntie, be careful. That's, they're going to rip you off. Somebody's trying to rip you off. And she said, no. But they said, there's a lot of money involved. There's a lot of money involved in this. And, uh, and they were telling her this, but they weren't really sharing everything about it. They were asking more about her parents and her background and all of this. And my brother says, be careful, Auntie. It's a rip-off. They're going to rip you off. She says, no, I've trusted the Lord, and I've given my life and everything to the Lord. I think the Lord's going to give us, give me some money. for Give us some money. And uh, sure enough, a nephew that she'd 
only seen once, I think, had died down in Toronto. And uh, the Lord gave her like half a million dollars. <laughs> and you know, she gave it all away. <laughs> she, said, she said, well, I think, she says, I think I got, last time I talked to her last year uh, about this, uh, she said, yeah, I think I got 17,000 yet to give away. <laughs> you know, generous people can be blessed. But if you're out there trying to get and hang on to and all of this, you won't get blessed. I want to just close with this. Because if you're here this morning and you're struggling in something, the end, that last verse says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. I don't know what you need this morning. Maybe you need to become generous. Maybe you need to give. Maybe you need to become systematic in your giving. Not just pay-per-view. Just, hey, Lord, off the top of my check here. I don't know what you need, but he will supply all your needs. It's interesting, he didn't supply all your wants. They say, don't weep, little luxury. Before long, you'll become a necessity. Uh, <laughs> so many things that we think are necessary are really luxuries. What are you willing to give? My God will supply all your needs according to riches and glory. But maybe it isn't financial needs. Maybe you're struggling this morning and there's health needs. Maybe you're struggling this morning and, and there's family needs. Uh, whatever it is. The Lord says he will. Can you open your heart and trust him? Can you trust him with your finances? Can you trust him with your time? Can you trust him with your energy? Can you trust him with all of those things? Because he said he would supply. He would supply all your needs. Would you stand? I'm going to invite the worship team to come back. We want to pray. What do you need?